0: Awesome. Thanks, church. Please grab a seat. So good to be with you today, and I thank you for that. You can't can't imagine how excited I am to be here today. My heart is exploding inside of me to be here today, and I pray that you have a similar expectation to be in the house of God today, because I pray it never grows old to meet in the house of God, and I, I pray you'll never forget Um, what you've come from, because I I don't even know a lot of your past and what you've been involved in, where you've come from, but this is what I do know, to be saved, to be um, in relationship with Jesus Christ is um, a radical thing in itself. Um, The the process of salvation in your life and, and in the heavenlies to save your life is radical, and I pray that you have a sense of gratitude in your heart this morning. Are you grateful for your salvation this morning, church? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love your pastor. Um, I just think he's one of the best looking Equippus pastors in New Zealand. Um, if not the second best looking pastor, Equippus Pastor in New Zealand. I am by far the first. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I lead the stakes in that way. And then gets Pastor Will, Pastor Sam Monk. And the stones tell him that. All right, amen. Fantastic. Well, it's good to be with you today. And um i I'm just I just feel like. Um, the message I'm going to share this morning is is really going to help um, push your church forward, you as individuals forward into what God has for you. I know this because I've been uh, perplexed leading into this service. I um, cannot couldn't sleep. Uh, I've been ministering at, a, at another event in the city and all the while thinking about this moment. And so I just feel like I've been cheating on that event with you. Um, so... <laughs> I don't know what that's like but until the other day, and so, and so, yeah, I, I just feel like, God, why are you so um, wrestling with, inside of me with this? I just believe because God loves you, and because God loves this city, and I feel like God wants to bring you to a new place of vision. I even feel that prophetically. For every family, every individual here, God wants to bring you to a new place of vision uh, for um, your life, amen? So uh, let, let's do this. Let's get into it, um, and in fact, Let's introduce myself first. My name is Byron. I I hail from Auckland. I don't want to. I want to hail from Dunedin. What a great place you live in here. And it's um, <laughs> not prophetic. Um, <laughs> you were too quick with that. Um, I have one wife and two kids. And um, I'd like to keep the one wife and keep growing the kids part of it. Maybe by one more. And um, I, I oversee youth in Auckland. Uh, and I bring leadership to youth around New Zealand. And and it's one of my one of my great desires is to see New Zealand one for Jesus Christ. And and, and so today today and tonight I just want to minister into that. Is that all right? Awesome. Father, we thank you for this morning and and God I, I just know that I can't do this without you. We can't receive this without you. Lord, it's you that bring us to life. You that keep our heart breathing, our beating and, and our lungs breathing. And I pray today, Lord, let us, uh, Lord, feel your presence today. Lead us into all truth. Without you, we're unable to get there. And so we humble ourselves today. Lord, we lay down ourselves in order to take up, Lord, all you have for us. Lord, we must decrease so that you would increase in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So it's my great concern that we reach Dunedin. I don't know about you, but I, I'm passionate about reaching this city. I don't, I don't know if you're a visitor or you reside in this place, but my great belief is that Dunedin must be saved. That's why God sent Pastor Will and Desiree and their family here. This is why God has planted you in this church, is to reach the city. Uh, and, and not just in a, as a big whole look at your city, but in the homes, I'm sorry. Over this weekend, I've had a vision of the homes, the workplaces, the universities, the schools in this place, and I've seen God do something great in my spirit, and I want to preach into that today. I want to stir your spirits about what God wants to do, because I felt the compassion of God when I thought about your city, when I prayed about your church. I felt the presence of God. I felt the compassion of God. I felt the ache of God's heart. And I feel it now as I preach. And I want you to catch that today. I want you to go out of this place knowing that you're equipped from this morning's message. I want you to know that you have the vision of God and the backing of God to reach people in this city. Is that all right, church? Awesome. So this morning, I want to be as practical as I can in equipping you to reach your city. I want you to feel like, yes, I can do this. That's my aim. I want you to feel like, yes, I can do this, and I should do this, and I know how to do it now. That's how I want to send you out this morning. And when you come back tonight to hear me preach, that's a prophetic statement. When you come back tonight to hear me preach, I'm going to minister deep into your heart so you feel the power of God go with you into the week. Is that all right, church? so let's do this. See, I, I know that right now, this morning, you have churches meeting all over the city. Praise God for that. And I know that, I, I don't know what, this, what the number would be exactly, but I, I would venture to say maybe 80, maybe even 90% of your city is not in church this morning. All right, that would be fair. I mean, I don't know the numbers exactly, but I would venture to say maybe 80, 90% of your city is not in church this morning, worshiping God, hungering after God, desiring God to transform their life, which would inform, transform, in turn, transform the city. 90, maybe 80, 90% are not in church this morning. That means that doesn't matter how much we polish the worship, and write new songs and worship them, worship God, sing them, not worship them, wrong church. Um, doesn't matter how much lighting we have, it doesn't matter who's on the door, it doesn't matter because they've determined that they do not want to set foot in here because they don't need this place. That's, that's Look, I'm, I'm venturing out, but that's the majority sentiment amongst those who do not and will not come to church. And so what do we do with that? I tell you then, the majority of our time spent and our our resources and our focus probably shouldn't be then working within here. The majority of how we spend our focus, our energy, our resources, our thinking, our passions should be focused out there where they are. Amen? Amen? because like i said maybe 80 90% aren't in church this morning it could be higher and so how do we reach them we can't keep thinking just about in here we've got to think more about out there than we do in here let me take you through a progression in the bible this morning starting in genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 to help you how, i want to equip you this morning and how to reach out see in genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 so three, this is what the Word of God says. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. It was his intention at that point, because he had a vision of his, in his heart, to see you and I created, mankind created, formed. He had a vision of that, a vision of relationship with us where we would worship Him and He would, he would hold us close in relationship like a father would children. He had a vision of that. And, and how we begun this journey of creating the heavens and the earth and, and everything that we see today, how we begun that was let there be light. And there was light. That's how we began. And then further on in the Bible, in John chapter 8 and verse 12, we see Jesus saying, in verse 12, again Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Let me explain what's happening here. It's here again. Mankind from the Garden of Eden had, had drifted so far from God through rebe- rebellious ways and, and not attending to the sin in our heart and, and desiring our own pleasure and our own um, God-likeness over, over worshiping Him that we drifted so far that now humanity was away from God. But God had a vision to, to redeem humanity, to get us back into relationship with Him. And how did He do that? He sent Jesus into earth, which is again Him saying, let there be light. Because I've come to discover that anytime God wants to bring people back into relationship with himself, anytime he's wanting to restore and create something beautiful in the earth, he begins with let there be light. When God has a vision to bring things back, people back in particular, when he has a vision to create something beautiful in humanity, he begins with let there be light. So he did that at creation to get us into relationship with him. He did that to redeem humanity, bring us back, you and I, back into relationship by sending Jesus Christ. He said, let there be light. And light came. And Jesus says, here I am. Here is light. And the darkness separated from the light long enough. You see, because when light shines, you can see. You discover direction. You know the way. When light shines, you you discover purpose. you, You are in full view of yourself. You're able to see surroundings. And that's why he says, begins with, let there be light. But it drops down even deeper than that. In Matthew chapter 5, and verse 13, the word of God says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill, in verse 14, cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to the whole house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. I remember reading the Word of God, just a couple of months ago, and, and seeing this, And I was thinking, oh, light again. And my experience is that when God is wanting to do something phenomenal in restoring people to himself, he begins by saying, let there be light. And so Jesus has gone to be at the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf. But before he goes, he leaves us this. He says, you are the light of the world. Because he is wanting to bring humanity, Dunedin, back to himself. But in order to do that, he says, let there, in Dunedin, be light. Let there be, in Dunedin, let there be light. You see, um, actually, I just, I forgot my phone on the front row. Can I have, just your torch on your um, phone there, Pastor Will. you just flick your your torch on your, Very, very good, I need to use that. This is Pastor Will's phone, right? And here's his light. Now let me explain how what what I'm trying to get at here this morning. Here's a light. And if I was to come in here this morning with this light on, thinking that it could be of any help in this environment, uh, you would look at me as a fool. Because you'd say, Byron, 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 Auckland, Byron. I know how you think. Yeah. (laughs) You would say, Byron, there's a lot of light on in here. No need for that one. I mean, it's, it's cute. Don't get me wrong, Byron, but um, there's a lot of light. We spend a lot of money in lights in here. We invest a lot into light to create atmosphere and environment. In fact, nobody actually needs your light. Whether your light is on or off won't actually make a lot of difference because there's already an environment of light in here. All right? So you would say to me, "In here serves very little purpose. Serves very little purpose. And you would be right. I hope you can see where I'm going with this. But the person who invented or created a light on this phone didn't create it for environments like this. Didn't create it for environments like this. When they thought, let's put a light, let there be a light on a phone, they weren't thinking for the brightest environments But they thought for those times where maybe yourself or others can't find your way. Maybe they put it on your phone because you would find yourself in an environment where you need to say, Hey, it's cool. Don't worry. I know the lights are gone out in here, but I got a light. Maybe they created for those moments where you could say, Hey, everybody, I know you're freaking out. The light, I don't know when they're going to come back on, but I've got enough for you and me. Follow me. Maybe they created it for those times where you're in an environment, and, and you know what? Lights going off for a while, not that freaky. Lights going off just for a little bit, not that freaky. But when the lights stay off for a while, when the lights in, in a person's life, in a, in a husband's life has, has been off for a while, and they forget what? what it looks like, what the beauty of the world is like because they're so consumed with the darkness. When the wife is, is for years, decades, has been in so much darkness that she forgets how beautiful the world is and able to see her kids for how God created them, see her marriage for how God created it. When, When a family has been going through so much darkness for so long, decades, maybe a year, maybe 10 years, 30 years, and it's dark all around them. They get fearful about the future, fearful about the now, because anything could happen in the dark. What about a person in business? It's unsettling, it's unnerving to be in darkness for a long time. And there are people in this city who have been in darkness for a long time. And the light created, the light set on in your life was not for this environment. It's bright enough in here. No, don't get me wrong. It's not that you're not needed in here. It's not that you're not wanted in here. You are wanted in here. Because together we're reminded that we're light. We look around, we feel, we see the beauty of of family. We see the beauty of connection. We're reminded that every generation is serving God. We see kids, we see older people, we see people in the middle. and And we're reminded that, oh yes, we're in the body of believers. We're all turned on and we're going out of this place to worship God out there. We're reminded of that. But your light fulfills its purpose, not in here. But out there, in those circumstances and situations I was just describing, God turned your light on for a reason. Friend, there's people out there who have been living in darkness for a very long time. And the world is uncertain, unnerving. There's stuff happening in our city, around the world, that that people are saying, what's going on? And the darker the world gets, the more people start to close up and shrink in and, and even start to think that the church is irrelevant because it, they will as long as we stay in here with our lights on. Are you with me this morning, church? Thank you, Pastor War, for your irrelevant light here this morning. Friend, God's turned your light on for <laughs> a reason. Stop shining your light on me. God's turned your light on. I pray the imagery would stay in your mind. Because the world out there is darkness. And God turned your light on, on purpose. There's a, f- there's a person turning up to work every day, in and around your life, who's living in darkness. And I want you to think for a moment, what would it be like to wake up every morning in darkness to get in your car in darkness. In darkness, it's hard to see purpose. It's hard to find the way. In darkness, it's, it's difficult to get a sense of perspective and understand what's happening in your life. In complete darkness, it's hard to understand how your gifts and abilities make sense. In darkness, it's, it's difficult to see the beauty of what God created. When you're recently in darkness, you can remember a time where things are good, but, but I tell you what, that memory grows dim and people lose hope. Can I tell you today, friend, that your light is desperately needed out in our city. Here people going to work? going to university, spending this weekend, and are destined to spend eternity in darkness. You know, I I read Matthew chapter 5 from verse 13, which says, you are the salt of the earth. And what good is it if salt would lose its saltiness? It's good for nothing but to be trampled underfoot. And then Jesus goes on to verse 14 where he says, You are the light of the world, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp just to put it under a bowl. You see what's happening here? What he's doing is not comparing you and I, believers, to unbelievers, he's comparing people who are Christian but have no flavor no ability to affect. He says, what good is it? He's actually not talking about as long as you're in the church, as long as you're saved, all good because you're different to everybody else. And by some happenstance, you might make a difference. He's saying, no, there are two types of people sitting in the room this morning. Both look like salt, but one has lost its saltiness. That's what he's talking about. He's preaching to people who, who are not, half of you, hey, are, are Christians, saved, all good. By, by just, by being Christian, you are being effective. And, and the rest of you are unchurched, and so you are not No, no, no. He's saying both are your salt, but one of you have lost your saltiness. And what good are you? Not my words, his. Right, don't get angry at me, all right? I'm just preaching the Word of God here. Come on, church, I'm provoking you here to think more purposefully about your life because God did not save you only for you to lose your soul because it's been a while since you've been effective at doing something. No, no, he's saying you have purpose and you can, you can right now get in touch and get in touch with that purpose. But what good of you if, you if you lose it? And then he says, you are the light of the world, not the light of this meeting, You are the light of the world. And the city on the hill cannot be hidden. He says nobody lights a lamp and puts a bowl over it. I mean, what good is that? And here again, he's not comparing Christians and non-Christians. He's talking about believers. And he says, what good is it? Only for you to have a light turned on in your life and put a bowl over it. He's talking about limited influence. What, what use is it to have a light turned on only to be have limited ability to serve its purpose? For him, what good is that? Come on, you are the light of the world. It says, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Like I said before, maybe 80-90% of the city has determined that they will not come to church. That is not the crisis. That is not the crisis. The crisis would be as if we would lose our saltiness. The crisis would be if we would have our lights turned on only to have it under a bowl. That would be the crisis. That's what God spoke into. That's what he taught into. Was that now that your light is on, friend, do not limit it to this bowl. Are you with me this morning, church? Come on, now that your light's on, don't limit it to this bowl. You know, I I find it very challenging that Jesus would, he's, He's here not talking about me in comparison to the unbeliever, the unchurched. He's saying that right in this house this morning, there could be two types of Christians. And so he zeroes right in to a crowd like this and he says, there could be two types of people sitting in here this morning. Those who only have their light on in this environment and go out there and have it under a bowl. Those who sit in here week in, week out, but you're losing your saltiness today God's cry to you, and this is what I've been feeling as I've been leading into the service, praying about it, saying, God, what is it that you what's your heart for this meeting, for this moment? I just felt the heart of God for you. You know, I, um, a couple of years ago, I was really impacted. Um, I was uh, in Australia getting out of Sydney um, to a, on a train just outside of, of Sydney to a place called Wollongong and I was sitting on the plane I was the only one in the carriage and, and heading out a few hours trip just reading my Bible and um, and I, I remember reading the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15 there's a son who who goes out and squ- gets his inheritance early goes out, squanders his wealth and reckless living and and finds himself in a pig pen and, and thinks oh man I was bit at my father's house so he goes back home to his father's house. And in fact, can I have the keyboarders come up and help me out? Uh, oh, thank you. I forgot who it was. And um, and he 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 goes, he remembers while in the pig pen, oh, I was better at my father's house. I'm reading this, right? And I was thinking, man, I know this story, it's all good. And and you know, when God T-bones yeah, yeah <laughs> and, and in those moments. And I'm reading this story, and I'm thinking, yeah, let's just get through this so I can get into something else that another part of the scripture, and reading this, and he Walking back to his father's house, and his father runs out to meet him, and, and he says, Father, I've done you wrong, and rah, rah, rah and then um, his, his father says, no, no, don't worry about that, and tells his to clo- servants to clothe him, get him close, and they put a party for him, and then start reading about the second brother. The brother comes back to the house, and he's like, whoa, 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 what's happening here? And the servant tell him, oh, your brother who was lost, is now found, and it's awesome. His brother gets angry. He says to the father, I've been serving you all this time and never do you throw, kill a calf or have a party like this for me. And that moment I felt the Holy Spirit just convict something deep inside, inside of me. And I remember it being articulated like this, me articulating the feeling like this because this, this is what I realized in this moment that one brother was lost from the house, but there was a brother lost in the house, and here I was on this train, just kind of in the house, if you like, relationship with the Father, light on, but something inside of me was lost. drifting in ministry, preaching the gospel, leadership, everything. I just felt God put His finger on it. Say, Byron, I know you're reaching those who have lost from the house. But you, being lost in the house, And I felt God say, would you help me reach those or being lost in the house. Friend, you've got to understand today that there's a great risk because there's a sleepiness that comes over believers. It just slowly douses the flame, the passions, the purpose. You don't even realize it, but your heart has been crusted over not instantly, and that's why you don't realize it, but just over time. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 is a scary, scary passage of scripture. With Jesus speaking, he says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. You'll say to me on that, day, on that day, God, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We done great things in your name. And I will say to you, Depart from me, I never knew you. What? I cast out demons in your name. I prophesied in your name. I done great things in your name. And he will say to me, "I depart from me, I never knew you. Friend, could it be that people could be lost in the house? Maybe that's you this morning. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. There's a welcoming hand saying, come back. I want to turn your light on, remove the bowl and send you out on purpose. Friend, you're placed in your workplace, placed in your community. You go to that cafe. You hang out with those people on purpose. Right now, some of you are frustrated. What's the, what's the will of God for my life? What's purpose. was the plan of God? Where should I go? What should I do? And God's saying, whatever, just where you are right now, turn your light on. Let them see and give glory to your Father in heaven. Affect that place. Come on right now, the world is in rapid decline, but this is the greatest opportunity for the body of Christ. Come on right now, the world is in, in rapid decline, but it's our greatest hour as a result. Because where it's darkest most, that's the best place to have your light. I I, I, I minister a lot in school, not minister, but I work a lot in schools and in and, and places like that. And I've seen all sorts of people young people taking their lives and frustrated and and hopeless and the rest of it, I think, wow, this is awesome, perfect place for me to be. Come on, what's the perfect place for you to be? Have you found it? Does your heart beat tonight? I want to share such a moving passage of scripture with you that I I couldn't believe it when I read it myself because right now you've got to understand that, that the hour has come. This is the time now. Today is the day of salvation. God looks at the harvest and He says it's white unto harvest. Somebody's got to go out, friend. It's you right now. And here we're going to reach a limited amount of people. But all of us going out there, imagine hundreds of us going into the community, lights on, salt being sold. I pray that you would catch the vision and we would see a city impacted. Friend, they may not have stepped foot in this door, but you stepped foot into their world, and that's enough. And that's enough. Can you hear me today? Can you feel the heart of God? Would you open your heart to Him today? Friend, I want to appeal to you this morning. As I begin to land this, I want to appeal to you this morning. Maybe you've been lost in the house. You're just reminded this morning, Byron, wow, that's me. Maybe for one reason or another, you've been thinking, oh, I've got to get into the flow of what's happening in here in order order to um, minister in here and be effective in, in that. There's some truth in that there's limited capacity for that. Not all of us can be involved in making this happen. But every single one of us has a purpose out there. This is my appeal to you this morning. I want to appeal to two types of people. The first, I've already mentioned those who are being lost in the house. Friend, that's just, there should be a quick response in your spirit to say, yeah, man, that's me. Let's deal with this get on with mission so right now with every eye close every head bowed every person thinking about themselves if you're that person and you'd like me to include you in a closing prayer why don't you just lift your hands slip your hand up I know who I'm praying for but that's also acknowledgement in your heart that yeah this is me yeah, it's hands going up all over the room come on why don't you be counted in this this is for, it's for you this is you just acknowledging man Brian I'm getting back into purpose if that's you for anyone you just slip your hand up this morning. Acknowledge to yourself this morning. Father, right now our hearts are ready to be captivated by the call of God once again. Lord, our hearts break when we think about the state of our city, not just the physical environment, but that people would be in darkness. God, it breaks our heart right now. Father, empower these ones, every single person in this place right now. But we throw off the bowl. We go boldly out of here. Even though it may cost us much, Father, we pray right now. And we say we'd be obedient to your call to impact and affect our city. Jesus' name. You can put your hands down there. While you've got your eyes closed and everybody thinking about themselves, I, I just want to appeal to those who have felt, who feel this morning you've fallen out of a relationship with Christ. For can I tell you now that you're not safe? The root word of salvation means to make safe. And as you drift from Christ, you're not safe. You're vulnerable. Vulnerable to imminent attacks and and the works of sin that just decay at your life. The Bible says that what we deserve for our sin is death, and not only death one day when our heart stops beating, but there's, a, there's an internal dying. There's a, there's a dying to the good things in our lives, our, our moral fiber. There's, there's a dying to our ability to say no to sin, the more we harbor it in our heart. And right now, friend, if you are drifted from Christ or you have never made a commitment to open your heart to Him, friend, right now, the wages for that sin is death. But the gift of God is life and life eternal. Today, friend, I want to appeal to you. Would you open your heart to Christ? This is what I want to ask you today. If I can include you in a closing prayer that says, Jesus, I accept you as Lord of my life. Forgive me all my sins. cleanse me of all unrighteousness and lead me all the days of my life. If you're ready to make that commitment for the first time or again, and friend with urgency, on the count of three, just slip your hand up. I'll see it. I'll get you to put it down. I'll include you in a closing prayer. Here we go. Three, two, one. If that's you, I need you slip your hand up right now. I'd love to pray with you. Thank you. God bless you. Others right now. There are others here this morning. Thank you. God bless you. Others right now, there's somebody just wrestling with this in the spirit. And I just feel God right now is urging you. That's why your heart is racing. And thank you. God bless you. And there's others right now just throwing off any sense of, oh, man, I don't know. and I'm not strong enough to go it again. But come on, God's just saying I want to help you. I want to be your strength. If that's you, why don't you slip your hand up right now? love to pray with you. Thank you. God bless you. There's others right now. There's others. This needs to happen with urgency in your spirit, friend, because you're you're in danger right now. There's a death. There's a decaying that's happening in your life, and you know it. You feel it. Would you respond to Jesus this morning? If that's you, why don't you slip your hand up?